Well, good morning, brother. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing this morning, sir? Doing great. It's a nice, um, toasty day here in Texas. I think we're going up to about 91 today. And so this is pretty much going to be, it's really going to be the same thing over and over again till about September. You know, what we want to do today is it's something that's been on my heart um, for the last about week or so. And, um, and we're talking offline a little bit uh, in regards to this topic. And we thought it was good that, you know, something that we should share uh, was the idea of loving your neighbor as you love yourself. And it's something that I realized that those two things go hand in hand, that when Jesus says this, love your neighbor as you love yourself, there's a direct correlation, the quality and uh, the same love with which you love your neighbor, you have to love yourself with that same love and vice versa. So you can't do one without the other. You can't adequately love your neighbor if you, on some level, don't really love yourself. You can't really... If you're really truly loving yourself, then that needs to go and be directed towards your neighbor. And so the thing that I thought that was so impactful about the statement that Jesus made was that he said that there's two commandments on which the entire law and the entire prophets actually hang. And the first is loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And he said the second is like unto it. You love your neighbor as you love yourself. So you think about it, love is really the summation of the entire law. It's all wrapped up in love. So we can get really verbose and we can start pontificating about um, different, you know, the intricacies of theology and, and we can really get up in, in left field somewhere. But if our love game is off, then we've missed the entire point of why he came. You know, and, and we look at, you know, the most... Um, the most famous verse in the entire Bible, <clears throat> being John 3.16, it's God's, it's, a, it's an expression of God's love towards us. He loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. And the Bible even says that, you know, you, we see God's character. He's got the character, merciful, he's these different things, and it's part of his character. But the Bible says he actually is love. He defines himself by love, which is incredible. What do you think about this, brother? Brother, I, the first thing that comes to my mind is the royal wedding this weekend. Uh, did you did you guys watch that at home? Yeah, well, we my wife... See, we got a chance to see some bits and pieces of it. Okay, well, my wife, she followed it. She she loved it. She she got a kick out of it. And so I, I got to watch the African-American preacher that gave the longest part of the sermon... And he, in my opinion, did a phenomenal job, loved his message. And I think he just knocked it out of the park. But his entire message is, God is love. That was the core of his message, that God is love. And if we really think about it, like you just you know, quoted the word back Matthew uh, 22, 37-39. That's uh, what you just quoted. Where it says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your mind. Then it goes on in 39 to say, the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if he just tells you that the most important 
commandments, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, and you know that God is love, it seems like it follows character that the second would be like it, that you would love your neighbor as yourself because you're supposed to be a reflection when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're supposed to be a reflection of Christ. And because we know that the Father and the Son are one, we know that Jesus is also love. So because Christ is love, we should be a reflection of love to everyone around us, no matter the situation. I mean, even if your sister came down the stairs and completely ripped you a new one for no reason, just because she woke up on the wrong side of the bed, my goodness, you're supposed to reflect love to her regardless. Yeah. But many times it's hard for us to do. It's kind of like if we have an argument with our wife, or let's just say it's not even an argument. What if you just have a, a disagreement and one of you gets a little bit heated with the other one, right? Because yeah. you don't like what you're hearing. So you, it's natural for humans to time, you know, kind of raise their voice to try to get the floor. What happens with that? Most of the time we will respond in like character to the other one instead of in an attitude of love. And the word actually addresses this. I mean, if I remember right, King David says that, no, excuse me, Solomon says that a soft word, a soft word turneth away anger. Proverbs 15, 1 through 4. Um, So a soft answer turns away wrath or turns away anger. And if we just hold on to the fact that we should not always respond in like to others around us and instead reflect love to everyone around us, and hey, guess what? Why don't we just let God be God? Right? That's good. I mean, sometimes we try to intervene. You know, we try to get our spouse to do what we want them to do, or we try to get our friend to do what we think they should do, or we, or whatever. whatever. You want your brother or your sister to do what you want them to do because you, you want to go to the concert. And your mom said the only way you can go to the concert is if, in fact, your brother or your sister goes with you because they know they'll keep you in line. But you don't like the idea, and so you want to buck up against the authority. Well, by doing that, you're not demonstrating love. If you truly want to be under submission of your parents, you have to operate in love. You have to be able to be under the authority that God placed you in so that you can be honorable and respectable and at the same time demonstrate him in your life through love, which many times is submission. And think about the place that submission seems to be the worst. I mean, nobody wants to think about submission in marriage. This is true. You know, it doesn't, you know, we don't want to think about it like a dirty word, but none of us wants when our wife tells us, honey, you need to go get X, Y, and Z done around the house today. You've put it off for the last three weeks. You need to get it done today. It's like there's a little secret part of us inside that thinks, I know I haven't done this, but why are you telling me what to do? <laughs> yeah. But maybe the better attitude would be to come across in love. Lord, you know, Lord, I love my wife, so I'm going to reflect love to my wife, even though I really feel like something is scratching me on the inside in her telling me how she thinks I need to do my day today. That's good. You know, I think one of the things here, too, that's really important is, uh, you know, as we're we're thinking about this idea of going back to the original theme is 
and we're loving our neighbor as ourselves. Um, and when you say as yourself, it really kind of puts it on that same level. And so, you know, we can have, you know, the Bible talks about us having a right um, understanding of where we fit in or uh, basically uh, we're not to overestimate ourselves, right? But also we're not to underestimate ourselves, but we're supposed to have a a right understanding of uh, of who we are and, and, you know, who God made us to be. So we're not somebody's uh, footstool, but we're not going to lord it over somebody either. We're supposed to love our neighbor as we do ourselves. And so I think that a lot of times, you know, pride can manifest itself in, in two ways. You know, there's that haughtiness to where it's like, you know, I'm better than you mentality. But there's also this um, other sense of like, what was me? And, um, you know, you know, this person's um, better than me and everybody around me is better than me and kind of breeds this envy. Uh, but the idea is that we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. And I think that's really a right understanding. We recognize uh, submitting ourselves to God, recognizing that we're under his authority. And then we have that vertical relationship, right? And then there's that horizontal relationship with others. And we can't we can't fully understand the horizontal relationship until we get that vertical right. Guys, we never want to wrap up our calls without giving you the opportunity to come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart one believes and is justified, and with your mouth one confesses and is saved. If you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please pray this prayer after me. Lord, I thank you that you died for me. I believe that you rose from the grave. I believe that you are the Son of God, and I confess that you are my Lord and Savior. Friend, if you prayed that prayer with me today, you are saved. And we are so excited and would love to hear from you. At the same time, the next step for you is to get involved and planted in a good Bible teaching church. This will help you grow and learn about the wonderful life God has for you. We would also like to invite each and every one of you to check out our ministry page. You can do this by going to mooseministriesinc.com. Here you'll find links to connect with us, read our blog, and keep track of our different projects as we take this adventure in spreading the gospel. God bless.